Hi, this is Kale Ward. This is Jessica Burton. Help heroes. Herbert Hoover's hurtful heresy has herded herbivores headed to... Go global. Oh, I like that one. It was a long one. It was a long one. There was lots of... <laughs> it. I felt there were several points in it where I thought it was going to stop. No, nope. and, and, and I it just kept, it, and it just it kept just going. Did not stop. <laughs> Hi, honey. Hi. What did you learn this week? Ooh. Oh, this gonna be good. Wow, you're giving me too much. Now credit. you built it up. Yeah. So it was E3 this week, uh-huh. which is the big video game conference, the entertainment, the Electronic Entertainment Expo. What's the three for? The three E's. Oh, the three E's. Oh, okay. E times three. Sure. Yeah. E cubed. Yes. As it were. Maths. Um, and I generally don't pay too much attention mm-hmm. because for the most part, for, I, I, you know, it's not, it's not uninteresting to me. I do enjoy gaming, mm-hmm. but for example, I, I'm only just getting through the Uncharted series. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I, I wouldn't call myself a big boy gamer. Mm-hmm. But there were there were a couple of cool announcements from uh, like Square Enix and and Ubisoft and um, I'm I'm iffy on this Cyberpunk 2077 game. I haven't heard anything about it. It's the one. It's you've probably seen the memes of like Keanu Reeves. Oh it? yeah, okay. And it's like yeah, that's all right. Yeah, there's some. It seems like there's a lot of controversy behind it, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I think I think for that one, I'm gonna see how it comes out in the wash. But mm-hmm. there is one company that I drop everything for, and that's Nintendo. Yep, I am a Nintendo fanboy, mm-hmm. and boy, they delivered it this year. Mm. So I sat down to watch it, and you came. You had come home early from work. Yep. And as it started, I just started talking to myself. Yep. And you said, would you be doing this if I wasn't here? And the answer is yes, of course. Yeah. It was the talking to yourself, not the watching it. I knew you would have been watching it, but... Yeah. The, the answer is yes, of course, because I don't have anybody else there to be excited <laughs> with about so there was there just was, yourself so there was toward the end i you know spoilers for the announced thing i guess two weeks ago but during you looked up at me during one point and it was they revealed that banjo kazooie was in he's going to be a, a downloadable character in in the new smash brothers game and the the presentation like faked us out mm. so they did a, a cute animatic with donkey kong and the duck hunt dog and duck came up mm. and they were covered in shadow and i was like oh banjo kazooie but it was the duck hunt hunt dog and duck and then banjo kazooie came up and i went oh they got me <laughs> And you looked at me like I was the dumbest person. I just have generally have no idea what's going on with it because I don't know who that is. You but, know, you never played Duck Hunt on nope. the original Nintendo. Nope, they, never had an original one. It came Nintendo. with it came with like laser 
pistols mm. that you could shoot the ducks out of the air and the dog came up every now and then to say oh great shooting nope uh classic mm, mm. uh anyway real real big news from nintendo um they're doing tons of dragon quest which i'm usually not interested in but now that it's on the switch heck i'll give it a try mm. and uh there's a new animal crossing coming out in march which is huge news huge huge there was very little pokemon but they just had a big pokemon thing so mm. that's they just released a trailer didn't we we talked about that last week they they did a, a another direct right before e3 mm. which is pretty standard nintendo po- pokemon direct yeah um but they uh dropped big big news there's a new zelda breath of the wild Mm. full sequel game coming out i did get excited about that That Uh, it's in development they gave a really cool trailer for it and i walked out of walked away from that presentation just hyped as hell for nintendo Mm. walking around i don't know if you've seen that gif of the um the kid that's he's dancing he's Pulsing along, he slaps a water bottle off the table. Yeah, he's hyped as heck. Nintendo. That's what I felt like. Mm. It was rad. And then I made you make dinner. And then I went and made dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Um, what about you? I actually learned something from you this week. <laughs> I, I know, it's wild. Breath off. Ha ha. Um, no, I learned that you're driving license in texas is vertical it's on a vertical rather than it being a horizontal card it's a vertical one until you turn 21 right right yes simply so that you don't drink and it is so they can catch you yeah yeah. if you're drinking underage yeah it is crazy to me that all of the other crazy things that you can do in america before 21 but they are so intent on making sure you don't drink. Go off and die in war. Yep. Buy a gun. Sure. You can buy a gun at 16 in some states. I mean, it's not surprising. Yep. I don't think I knew, but it's not surprising. Yep. Um, they. This is slightly off topic, but they did a whole test. They had a 14-year-old kid, and they, they got him to try and go and buy one just to test if he could, and he got one. Sure he did. Within the first shop. America. Yep. So anyway, I learned that, which is interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about it until you asked me. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember how we, how it came up, but we were we were getting your driving license for here. No, no, no. I remember that part, oh. but I, I don't remember <laughs> how the conversation started. Yeah. How I think I asked how many licenses you'd had. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've had like three or four mm. or something. Anyway. All right, who's boss this week? So, because I switched it around, mm-hmm. I think the order is all bungled. You messed it up. I did, and I don't regret it. Okay, um, that mean you're going first then? Yes, so I'm Excellent. going first. So it's another TV week here Gone Global Gulch. Um, uh, what? Gone Global Gulch. What's a gulch? I don't know. Okay. It's an old, old west term. You could call it, you could call it Gone Global Gulch. Grotto. Yeah. Grocery store? <laughs> Garage. Oh, that Garage. Oh, I just pronounced it the way you do. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so anyway, I'm going to talk about MASH. Oh. Do you know about MASH? I've heard of it, yeah, but I'm not sure I've ever seen any. Oh, great. MASH is a show about the Korean War. Mm-hmm. It's about basically uh, the hospital camps mm-hmm. that America and I assume allies had set up in uh, during the Korean War. And this this series follows several people. It's it's a, a really good early example of a, a, an ensemble show mm-hmm. that works really really well. Early, you know, medical show, but it, it it follows a couple of characters whom I know, but I did not look up because I forgot that we weren't going to watch it. I know Alan Alda is. We're not going to watch it. That we didn't watch it first. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Alan Alda is Hawkeye Pierce. Hawkeye. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I want to say his name. Name's BJ. BJ Hawkeye Pierce. Benjamin Hawkeye Pierce, or or something. Anyway, it was weekly on CBS, and it aired from September of 1972 to February of 1983. There were 11 seasons, amounting to 255 episodes and a two-hour season finale, which will destroy you emotionally. Mm. It's one of the best things on television. Mm. Um, And I can't believe I forgot to put this in my notes, so I'm going to look it up. There's something very, very... So the, uh, the finale is called Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen. And it, as I said, it will destroy you emotionally because mm-hmm. it's you've been following these, you know, these characters for eleven years, right? Um, the finale broke the record for the highest percentage of homes with television with television sets to watch a television series. Uh, stories persist that the episode was seen by so many people that the New York City Sanitation Public Works Department reported the plumbing systems broke down in some parts of the city. Because so many New Yorkers were waiting until the end to use the toilet. Oh my god. I think that's incredible. That's pretty that's good. A, a testament to, to MASH. Mm. But it was also a time when, you know, we, you didn't have a pause button. Do you, I, I don't know if there, there was this joke by a, a British comedian called Peter Kay. I think it was Peter Kay anyway, or it might have been uh, Lee Evans. But anyway, there was this joke about how the sound always goes up when the adverts come on. Yeah. Because they're, they're shouting to you because they know you've gone for a cup of tea. Oh, and they're like, oi, 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 keep listening, oi! <laughs> I found that really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I would imagine, yeah, 70s, there had to have been ads. Yeah, big time. So I wonder if they just weren't long enough, or maybe mm. they didn't show it for this because mm. it was a a full length yeah maybe I, I mean, maybe the, the time of a, a feature film mm. maybe uh i have that it was 135 minutes so that's Oof. that's a full two hours a full length feature film for sure so as i said uh, mash is about a group of doctors in in what's called the 4077th mash surgical unit it's uh, and mash is an acronym it stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital, Hmm. set during the Korean War. Originally, it was based on a novel called MASH, a novel about three army doctors. Novel, not true story. Correct. Mm, Okay. Yes. And I I read that, so 
they made a they tried to make a movie out of the novel first mm-hmm. and it was I, I it was called something like mash the three doctors or something um, and that didn't work so they made the tv show mm-hmm. then they tried to make a movie about the novel sequel Mm. which was it was <laughs> something like mash a doctor in maine or something oh oh and then we went to war again well <laughs> uh, but yeah i was i i saw that and it when i saw that it was as i started looking into my research and i went okay well I, now i have to know about that mm. because <laughs> because it was just so weird yeah it's funny these research holes you get into yeah. isn't it <laughs> mash the tv show is a dramedy Mm -hmm. it's a dramatic comedy this is from wikipedia while the show is traditionally viewed as comedy many episodes had a more serious tone early seasons aired on network prime time while the vietnam war was still going on the show was forced to walk the line of commenting on that war while at the same time not seeming to protest it yeah i was gonna say that's a that's a tough one for this reason, the show's discourse under the cover of comedy often questioned, mocked, and grappled with the with America's role in the Cold War. And that that's one of the things that I really love about the show is, and this will come as no surprise to you, is that sort of questioning of authority mm. and the pointlessness of mm-hmm. these conflicts. Mm. There's a a really great exchange in the show between all of the the doctors while they're in in surgery, and it's it's basically called "War Isn't Hell, War Is War, and Hell Is Hell." Um, and I'm gonna play that clip mm. for you and the audience right now. Ever get the feeling there's a war going on? There's always a war going on. War is the world's favorite spectator sport. Who needs more skin suitors? Oh, everybody knows war is hell. Remember, you heard it here last. War isn't hell. War is war and hell is hell. And of the two, war is a lot worse. How do you figure that, Hawkeye? Easy, Father. Tell me, who goes to hell? Sinners, I believe. Exactly. There are no innocent bystanders in hell. But war is chock full of them. Little kids, cripples, old ladies. In fact, except for a few of the brass, almost everybody involved is an innocent bystander. Well, I'm not. I'm here because my country needs me. I didn't know it wasn't just some excuse to ship you 8,000 miles from home. Yeah, the Korean War was invented so your parents wouldn't come looking for you. You're a pair of sickos. Hmm, yeah, it's pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah, and mixed, all of that is mixed with the doctors making fun of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just, there's something so poignant about, mm-hmm. about that, and especially at that time. Mm. And even still, you know, I think it's uh, an important an important quality that that show uh, uh, really possesses and uh, mm-hmm. emits. Mm-hmm. So I I I reached out to a friend of mine who is a Mash fanatic. Okay, um, her name is Haley Lynn, and she said that uh, season three, episode five, the episode OR, is the quintessential mash episode where you'll get everything you need Mm -hmm. to understand it and get the feel of the show okay so we'll watch that right now okay that sounds good all right you can blame Haley lynn that's Haley lynn 
for that depressive uh, episode you're going to go through here in uh, about 10 minutes. It it was good. <laughs> but boy did I pick a wrong subject for for my one this time because it is completely the opposite. Oh boy. It's baby TV. <laughs> we getting whiplash this time. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what to say. Like it was really rough. Very good. Uh, a lot of casual sexism, but it was the seventies. I, I, I uh, it was a very tough watch. Yeah, yeah. This this episode happened to be one of the one of the the many. I, as I recall, where they're just flooded and inundated with with patients and and victims, and mm-hmm. and that's the episode. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the witty banter and how they all get through it, mm-hmm. and the the various trials and tribulations of being a, a war doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you want to watch some baby TV? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe pick us up a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you, you got have any any other thoughts about it? No. Yeah. I'm just a bit drained from it. Yeah. Like I do appreciate that it's very good, mm. but. Yeah. <laughs> you? Uh I mean, yeah, not especially. Um I did notice there were a couple of scenes that that did feel very sort of old TV. Mhm. Um like the uh there's just they they linger on a, a a shot in the in the beginning of the episode as as Hawkeye is scrubbing in of him scrubbing his hands Mm -hmm. and it just to me it just kind of felt it just felt very old Mm. yeah as an older uh i don't know i it it seems like now they would find a different way to emphasize that Mm. as opposed to just kind of holding holding on that extra second yeah but i think there's also the aspect of hospital shows have now been very prevalent and everybody is used to seeing them even if you don't watch them so i feel like at that time probably Mm. that shot of them scrubbing in and showing them that this is surgery they are about to cut people open whereas i think now it's it's sort of become benign Mm. Mm -hmm. like they use the scrubbing in scenes at the moment to have a chat before they go into yeah. surgery. Yeah. You know, so I think it was, I do think it was important in that moment to take that almost like calm before the storm mm. kind of thing, you know? Yep. Yep, definitely. Just a couple of quick, fun little things. So... Oh, God, please. Just... <laughs> just ch- <laughs> So by by the time seasons 10 and 11 came out, you know, the, the show had been on for... 10, 11 years, mm-hmm. they would have, reportedly, they would have doctors call in to try to give them ideas mm. for, you know, stuff that would happen during mm-hmm. the during the, the episode, and they'd already done it, and they'd done it, you know, four or five seasons ago, yeah. <laughs> so by the time, by the time the end of the show uh, came up, it was very much, uh, they, they'd done, they'd done it all. Mm. Um, also related to that, I read that they also started having trouble naming characters because so many had 
come in and out right. through the through right. the uh, the course of the show. So there's uh, a group. I think I think it was in season ten that I read that is named almost completely after the that year's Mets team. What's that? Baseball. The baseball. Right. right the baseball team. Mm. That's all. Yeah. Mm. So, what are we talking about for you? Okay. God, I feel like I need to go for a walk or something before we... Because this is going to be a massive contrast into baby TV where they tell you what, like, a window is. Yeah, okay. So, um, so I'm, I haven't researched this one quite as much this week because they are very simple and they're very, they're very easy. There's not a whole lot I'm going to say about them. Yeah. So, it's... I'm going to talk about a TV production company called Ragdoll, which was formed in 1984 with the aim of providing educational TV shows for young children. They were the producers and creators of hits such as The Teletubbies and In the Night Garden. While these ones are super famous, I want to talk about the ones that had the most impact on me as a little kid. And I'm going to go chronologically here Mm. from sort of oldest in my lifetime to youngest in my lifetime even though but yeah anyway so we're talking mash general hospital and then er no the children's television program no (laughs) um okay so the first one is actually do you want to watch them first uh sure you think yeah that'll put you in a better better place to talk about it then yeah let's do that yeah um okay yeah let's do that Go, bro. Wow. Yeah, quite a quite a shift, right? An emotional whiplash. Mm-hmm. That said, that first one, I can definitely say um, that I probably feel the same way you did after watching Mash. <laughs> so the first one was Rosie and Jim. That was equally as traumatic as that whole episode of Mash for sure. Mm. And we watched like three minutes of it. Yeah, I sort of thought that you wouldn't like Oh, they like them. Those puppets live in a valley of in the uncanny valley so deep that they're in <laughs> in like the ground of it. Mhm. So what it's really about they is came, they came out of the out of caskets in buried deep after 1400 years of no. being sealed away. They are creepy. I give you that. Oof, I did like, not watch, like them. Watching them again now is like, ooh, don't don't like those yeah, now. Not one bit. Um, so they're, they're puppets. Well, they're ragdolls. They're ragdoll puppets. So they, they like I said, so the company is ragdoll. And these two, this was the one of their first ones. So this ran 1990 to 2000. Ragdoll did? No, no, sorry. Just Rosie and Jim. Rosie and Jim was 1990 to 2000? Yep. No way. Yep, it was super popular. And at the time, it was really good. That's some 1960s level children's horror. Yeah, well, you were kind of saying how British TV is super dated. Yeah, Like, that was good for the 90s. 
Um, and what it's about is that the, the two ragdolls live on a canal boat with the driver and they have adventures going along the canals and they, on the way, they discover how things work. So it is made as an educational program. Mm. So the one we watched was called Rope. And unsurprisingly, they eventually go to a rope factory and see how rope is made and bring it back to the boat. Yeah. But the the thing is, the driver doesn't know they're alive. See, that's worse. Yeah. That makes it so much worse. Because <laughs> um, there's one point, there's one point in in what we watched he so he's he's tying up his rope he's mm-hmm. pulling it to shore and the rope breaks mm-hmm. he panics and there's some he panics in the worst acting possible oh no what 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 am i going to yeah, do yeah, yeah. my boat oh no he's, he's on the shore he's on the shore and he's he's trying to figure out what he's going to do about his boat and Rosie and Jim, the terrifying ghouls that they are, are in the in the boat. And they, I'll give them this, they did one of my favorite all-time <laughs> jokes. But who's driving the boat? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you laughed. You laughed at that part. At that part, yeah. <laughs> but then, so he gets back on the boat, and why he doesn't jump is beyond me. He's an old man. He wasn't that old. <laughs> he could have landed on his beard and it would have been fine. <laughs> but so he, he gets back on the boat and he, he's driving it again. And he has the, the broken rope right in front of him, like on the on the steering column or whatever, on the dashboard. Mm. And I, I, the girl one. Rosie. Rosie, the, the spectral beast that she is, slips <laughs> up next to him grabs the rope and then slips back down all while his back was turned yeah and that's that's kind of the the whole point of it that is how terrible ragdolls are yeah and they get into mischief and he doesn't know and he's like oh how does this happen impish mischief yeah gods i thought you wouldn't like it but i didn't think quite to this extent i didn't like them at all but all right the next one uh, is Brum. And you did kind of like that one, I right? did. I, uh, I noticed, so when you pulled it up on the computer, it said Brum 303, and I'm actually kind of disappointed if he wasn't Brum 303. That was just the no. episode number. Oh, okay, I see. Um, yeah, Brum was fun. Um, so, so Brum ran pretty much straight after Rosie and Jim, 1991 to 94, and then a reboot 2001 to 2, and there's also been an animated series. And various games and things. Oh, I bet those are fun. Yeah. Um, and it was... A ri- so, and also, so it was in production at the same time as Rosie and Jim because they needed two things at once to for financial stability or something. I read on their company website. But it was commissioned by the city of Birmingham, which, incidentally, his name is Brum because that's the noise he makes noise because he's a, it's a miniature car. But... Birmingham is also in slang called Brum, and people oh, from Birmingham are Brummies. Oh, that that does remind me. In Rosie and Jim, is the guy the guy? Is he from the north? He he has a northern accent, but the the boat is docked in Birmingham, the, which is not in the north. No. Okay. It's middle. Okay. Okay. 
If, if you'll also remember, that's where Cadbury is based. So that canal, what the boat that Rosie and Jim were traveling on, that'll be the same canals that link to uh, the they Cadbury's were going, factory. They were going to work. <laughs> no. Yeah. Those little impish devils don't need jobs. No. You're right. Um, so yeah, so Brum was commissioned by the city of Birmingham with the studio um, to as kind of a look around the city. Later it wasn't, huh. and they they stopped referring to it as Birmingham in like series two or three, I think, and they just called it the big city. Interesting. Um, so, so, so so that it would it would have been the big city that we watched then because that. I assume that was. I think season, so. Yeah, three, because they three. just say, "Oh, Brum's off to the big city." That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got to say, Brum made less of an impact on me. I think I actually watched it the the second time around, the two thousand and one one. Huh. Um, because I I remember watching it before school with my brother Tom, but I I don't think I have a strong memories of. The previous series, like Rosie and Jim, and the next one are haunting. What could you forget? <laughs> they were my childhood. Whoa. Yep, that explains a lot. <laughs> um, so, so the premise of Brum is that he's a he's a replica of a 1920s Austin Seven chummy convertible, and he lives in a motor museum. Now, fun oh, fact okay. that you see the owner of the motor museum opening the door and that's when Brum escapes every day and yeah. goes and helps people in the city and yeah. in this episode he stops some burglars from stealing a money belt at the pizzeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, the the owner that's shown in the show is the actual owner of the Cotswolds Motor Museum, which is where oh. the actual Brum now lives. The little car. He's an actual object. Oh. And he lives in the museum. That's very good. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. So Brum's well, very nice. I like it's... Brum a lot. It's I not... like I like that pop song at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Brum, Brum. Yeah. They added that in. I think that's the reboot version because they added that in. It feels huh. more early noughties than 90s to me. Yes. Yeah. I so I think, I think that that could be. Um, and then we move on to... What I actually wanted to talk about as an overall topic, but it's they're just too little. They're baby shows and there's not much uh, to talk. <laughs> uh, hey, and it's Tots TV. Oh, I thought they were called Tiny Tots. No, they're called Tots, but their names are Tilly, Tom, and Tiny. Oh, that's why. Tilly, Tom, and Tiny. I, I liked this less than Brum, mm-hmm. but a lot more than... Rosie and Jim. Yeah, and now watching it back, like I've really ruined my childhood. I have such fond memories of them, but Oof. they are pretty terrifying. Oof. <laughs> um, so Tots TV is again an educational program where they explore their surroundings and sort of explain what things are and how they work. In their gravelly puppet voices that mm-hmm. you don't understand. Yeah, I I don't I don't know why they had those horrible voices. <laughs> oh mean. Mm. And you so you noticed that Tilly. Shame, shame on Slippy Skit. Very good. Look at you learning French. <laughs> so did you notice Tilly is indeed French? No. Oh, she spoke weird. No. She's French. And I, I, know, I know what I've said. 
So Tusk TV launched in 1993 to 98. So this was prime baby me. I was two when it came on and six when Um, it went off the air. So this this was my life. I loved it. And this is still Ragdoll? This is still Ragdoll. What were the years again? 1993 to 98. Oh, so this is after, sort of, toward the end of Brum and after, sort of, uh, in between the Brum series. Yes, and then Teletubbies, I believe, comes along in 97-ish. And throws Rosie and Jim in the trash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> into the, into well, the... it's kind of like they overlap them. Like I was saying, there's, there was always two in production. Yeah. So they start one towards like the end of yeah, another yeah, one, of and they, as far as I remember, they would be in like opposite, like half the year would be one and half the year would be another. Sure. As far as I remember, but I don't know. Um, so Tusk TV was my absolute favorite. Mine and my cousin Joe's, who we used to look after, hmm. we had the dolls of them. I had a sec magique, which is the magic bag that they take on adventures. And I, only looking back at this now, I'm 85% convinced that that's what got me into French. Sure. Because I I think it's kind of, you know, like Dora for for kids now. I I wouldn't know. But but listen, so Dora the Explorer speaks Spanish. I know, yeah, I know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it. Okay. Um, But... Looking back on it, now that I'm fluent in French, I realise she doesn't speak English at all. But what they do... Oh, you're right. ...is she'll say something and they'll just be like, oh, yes, I am this too, and they'll just repeat it. So so in that example... So it's like reinforced learning. Yeah, yeah. So in that example I did earlier, I I said, je mange les biscuits. And they would go, oh, yes, Tilly, I eat the biscuits too. Yeah. So watching it back, I'm like, oh, that could be (laughs) what sparked my French because... Hmm. You already knew half the language by the time you got to it. (laughs) Genuinely, without even realizing. Because I, when I started French classes at about 10, I was instantly good at it. Hmm. And I think, I think I do have an ability in languages, but I think if I'd, you know, if I'd grown up for five years listening to Tilly speak French. Mm. And like they referred to objects in French. So like I, I had the bag. The sac magique. The sac magique. And it was always a sac magique. It wasn't yeah. a magic bag. Yeah. And it was colorful and it was rainbow and it was super cool. So that was my that was my first TV love. Wild. What a, what a wild difference we've had because my childhood was match. Yeah. Probably says a lot about us, really. Yeah. <laughs> But so um, just a few trivia things on Tots TV. So like I said, main thing is Tilly is French. Um, they also sold the rights to France. And in France, she's English and she only speaks English. So it's the opposite way around. Oh, interesting. So the other two are French and she's English. Man, that's that yeah. is very clever. I know, right? That's cool. Um, they also sold it to the USA and it was shown on PBS from 96. So I'm surprised you never saw it. Tots TV? Mm-hmm. PBS, PBS is very much 
it's, it's that was the Barney Network, right? Yes. So it's, yeah, it makes it's sense. What, yes, it it does make sense. You're right. But by the time that would have come, PBS to me would have already been that channel that you go to and you only watch when the cable's out. Mm, okay. Okay. And there's nothing else on the other local channels mm, except courtroom okay. dramas. Mm. And you're also much older than me. 96, I was you six. Were, I would have been at school. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so. so, yeah, so I, I can see why. But, um, but so she was Spanish in the American version. I bet, hmm. So I bet that's, I don't know, a precursor to Dora the Explorer, I suppose. Could be, yeah. Could but yeah, be. I just, I just found that cool, and I, I liked it very much. Me and Joe really enjoyed it. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, that, like I said, there's not too much to say about it. Oh, the, the cottage is a real cottage. No, it's a secret cottage. It's a secret cottage, but when they stopped filming it, and it wasn't secret anymore, it just got abandoned. Nobody used well, it, and it was still, super derelict. They're still in America, so. So in the show, the one we watched, they they went to America, which incidentally wasn't a proper episode. That was like a four episode, yeah, special said, series long thing where they go on holiday to America. They said they said, "Oh, I wonder what we're going to find in America." And I said, "Guns." Ugh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Shimon's like guns. Fusine is is a gun. In French. Yeah. Not to be confused Just... with a fusée, which is a rocket. Fusée, fusée is rocket. Mm-hmm. And fusil. Is little rocket. Is good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yep. I tell you, you can't stop the knowledge train here I know. at Gone Global. Choo-choo. All right. All right. Well, shall we spin the wheel? Let's... Learn ourselves what next week's topic is going to be. Hmm, please. Oh, thank you so much to Jenny Hindle for our topic inclusion. Uh, we, we have added expressions and idioms to the wheel. Weird. Oh. All Interesting. Right. Now, I had a thought about this, Mm -hmm. and we can discuss it more off mic if you like, but I was thinking... I don't want to discuss things off mic. We should probably uh, have my people call your people. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm. right. We'll (laughs) talk to the producers about how the show is structured. Yes, yes. And, um, yeah, you're right. But, but sorry, go ahead. Thinking, thinking, you know, outside the paycheck. What if I do a weird thing about Britain and you do one about America. Yeah, like things we find weird about your Because yeah, because I was thinking I have so many. <laughs> I I was thinking it will it will be weird f- uh, it will be hard for me to come up with things about America because so many weird things so many things that you're like, "Oh, that's so weird." I'm like, "No, it's, it's just normal. it's just normal. Yeah. That's how All it is." Right. I got a such a list, toilets. So mine mine, uh, mine will definitely be the flavor of the chocolate orange. Toilets. The toilet thing is a huge deal for me. 
They're insane. It's it's basically like not having a door. <laughs> we'll get there. All right. So next week we're Oh, this is gonna be fun. Next week we're talking weird. All right. That's a, that's a spooky weird noise for you. Oh, they have to be spooky too. Mm-hmm. All right. No, well, no. But I was being spooky. All right. Well, be productive and tell the people where you can find us. You can find us. But <laughs> um, you can find us on everywhere you get your podcasts: iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podcoin. That one you listen to? Overcast. Overcast. Yeah, yeah. Preferably over Overcast, just for your listening experience. It's so much better. Mm. You can find us on Twitter at Gone Global Pod. Uh, please send us um, uh, wheel entries and and um, topics, and feel free to discuss um, how much you like Mash or how weird Rosie and Jim are. We would or the other way around. We would mm, don't think so. <laughs> we we would love to talk to you about that. Um, you can find a picture of the current wheel um, on our Twitter, and I believe my Facebook. But don't go look there. Um, just stick with the Twitter. Uh, you can also email your suggestions to gongloballpod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Twitter and Instagram at totointo, that's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my comics work and my other podcasts at kaleward.com, that's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Do you want people to find you? Do you care? I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it. So I'm on Twitter at gen 91 J. Uh, damn, why can I not spell this? J-I-A-N-91. It's four letters. Did Tilly teach you how to swear? Je, no, wait, J, I, A, N, soixante, no, oh. Oh. <laughs> Cut that out. And with all those swear words, remember, the lady loves milk tray. No fun. No fun.